Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everybody. Today is officially the day before I leave for Italy. I am so freaking excited and I've been going crazy with all of my packing. And if you were following me on Instagram and online, you probably saw like the whole fiasco I went through over these last few months with shoes and trying to find the right pair of shoes that was going to be comfortable to walk around with in Italy. And I bought all of these pairs and then returned them all because I just couldn't decide and figure it out. I know, totally, totally unnecessary. And so I finally narrowed it all down and I've got it all figured out. I have to have it all figured out because I'm leaving tomorrow. Besides, I am probably going to do some awesome shopping in Italy and I cannot wait. I'm so excited. This has been a trip that I have literally been dreaming of for years. And I've been telling my, I keep wanting to say boyfriend, but he's my fiance. I keep telling Gaetan how Italy has just been one of those trips. And over the years, I would always bring it up and say, oh my God, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And so finally this year, I was like, I'm breaking up with you if we don't go to Italy. So he went ahead and booked it. (laughs) He booked our flights and it was actually my birthday gift that he handed to me on my birthday, which was so exciting. So he knew I was starting to get really antsy because we kept putting it off every year. And so I'm so excited that we're making it happen. I have been spending obviously a lot of time packing and getting ready. And I am bringing some digestive enzymes with me and I'm bringing shelf-stable probiotics with me along with some activated charcoal those are really the key kind of things that I bring with me because they support digestion and gut health, which is key because you know I'm going to be eating pizza and gelato and pasta. And I'm going to enjoy and indulge in these things because I do want to feel really good and I don't want to overdo it. And at the same time, I don't want to miss out on the things that I just want to eat and enjoy and I don't want to overthink it. So optimizing digestion is going to be really, really key. And I don't know what episode number it was, maybe three or four. I did record an episode all about travel supplements. You can definitely check out that episode because it is a really great one where I dive into, you know, the key supplements to bring with you while you're traveling and on vacation. So adrenal support, digestion and gut support, that is what is coming with me. And be sure to follow me over on Instagram because basically what we're doing over these next two weeks while I'm away is I'm going to be sharing everything Italy inspired. So of course, I will be posting all kinds of amazing videos about where we are all over Italy and what we're doing and all the food that we're eating. I'll be sharing all kinds of fun things like that over on Instagram, but we'll also be sharing some Italy-inspired recipes and sangria and fun stuff like that over on the blog too and on Instagram. So it's a Italy-inspired month, basically, is what it is. All right, so enough about my Italy talk. I am so excited for today's guest, Nicole Harlow. I basically wanted to call this episode all things cervical mucus. That's really what I wanted to call today's episode because that's what we talk about. 
We talk all about the menstrual cycle and optimizing our hormones and really optimizing our hormones to optimize our entire life, really. And part of that, we get into this really great conversation about cervical mucus, which I think is so important because many of us are unaware of where we are in our cycle, what's happening around ovulation, what we need to look out for, maybe what we want to be conscious of. And so it's just a really great topic. And I'm really happy that we got to go there today. And I think many of you are really going to enjoy it and appreciate it. And you're also going to learn so much about your bodies and your cycle, your hormones and all things cervical mucus. So Nicole Harlow is a hormone biohacker, a functional naturopath, master herbalist, clinical nutritionist, sexual health educator, and a yoga teacher. She holds a master's degree in sexuality from the University of London. Nicole is the founder of the Center for Menstrual and Sexual Health, where she runs a virtual hormone clinic for women. She's the creator of the Hormonal Archetype System, and the Unlock Your Cycle program. Her web series, Girl Meets Body, stands out as an educational resource that introduces women to their bodies one episode at a time. She likes to think of it as biohacking for babes. I absolutely love that. So let's dive into today's episode with Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. Hi, Samantha. It's awesome to be here with you. I cannot wait for our chat today. Before we dive in, can you share with our audience more about what you do and who you are? Great. So I'm Nicole Harlow. I run the Center for Menstrual and Sexual Health, which is where I have a clinic and I work with women about their hormonal issues. So anything from PCOS to fertility to PMS. But what I really love talking about beyond just the hormones is how our menstrual cycle can affect and infiltrate every single part of our life. So I connect the menstrual cycle to things that are completely unexpected, to things that people would never expect, you know, how you can use your menstrual cycle for your schedule or for it to be killer in business or a better entrepreneur, you know, a better lover, a better person in a relationship. And so I spent a lot of time talking about that. So I've got the Center for Menstrual and Sexual Health. And I also run a YouTube channel called Girl Meets Body. And the whole ethos of Girl Meets Body is me introducing you to your body one episode at a time. So I cover lots of different topics. I'm a very curious person. So I really just teach. I think, you know, when I look at the history, I've been an entrepreneur for over a decade now, and I've had lots of different businesses, to be honest. I have a web design and branding studio where I work with only female entrepreneurs I'm a yoga teacher, meditation, sacred sexuality. So I see my history and the work that I do now as one, a culmination of being just a very, very curious person. And two, testing out a lot of things on myself. And I'm sure we'll get into this a lot more in the interview, but I have been my own guinea pig for a long time. So I like to turn around and share that information with women so they understand their bodies a lot more and a lot better. I really, really love that. Yeah, it sounds like you wear many hats and I feel like many entrepreneurs wear many hats. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because I was when I was researching you and I found your website, but then I also found this like design site. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? This is awesome. So I love that. You click and you're like, oh, it's the same picture. It's the same person. Yeah, it was awesome. 
I definitely have a little bit of like the woo woo about me as well. And I kind of see there's a lot of air and Gemini energy in my birth chart. And so what I see myself as is, you know, Gemini is the twins. And once I really dug down into that information and I could see a lot of that reflected in myself, because I spent, honestly, I spent a long time raging against these two sides of, I want to do this, but no, wait, now I want to do this. And, you know, in society where a lot of times we're told to kind of pick one thing from the time when we're, you know, even teenagers, what are you going to be when you grow up? And then you go to college and you pick a major. So it's like picking that one thing and staying. And I used to really beat myself up for changing my mind all the time until I realized that I didn't have to pick. And I could actually take these different sides of myself and almost throw them a bone. And that's, I'm the happiest when I have You know, one day I'm in the clinic and I'm working with hormones and women's health. And then one day I'm sitting down and I'm making websites and I'm not speaking to anybody. And then another day like today, you know, I just finished recording nine different YouTube videos and now doing an interview. So this is a big outward pouring of information, but then I'll have to go back into my little hermit cave and create quietly for a few days after this. (laughs) Yes, I can 100% relate to you because... I do a lot of what I do in my practice because of personal experience. And of course, because I love women's health, I'm a woman myself. And so sharing my own personal experience, but then on the flip side, there's like this business side, being an entrepreneur, knowing what I know about marketing. It's like, I also love to work with women and helping them build their brand and their business. Like I totally feel you, girl. So let's dive into beauty care because I know it's something that you share a lot about. And what got you so interested in beauty care and specifically ingredients? Yeah. So it's kind of a new thing for me. So just within the last year, I'd say, and just like we started off this conversation where I'm sharing a lot of what I do in the world and what I create and share is really born from whether this is narcissistic or not, like it's born from my own curiosity, you know, of personal things. And I think, you know, I take what may be narcissistic about myself and I like to absorb the information and then share it with the world. So I don't keep it for myself. And that's the generosity part of it. It's just like, okay, I just did all of this research. Now I'm going to put it out there so people can find this information. Because I think for the most part, I like to think if I'm researching something and I'm curious, there's got to be a lot of other women out there who are having the same question. And I've approached that for pretty much everything that I've been curious about. So the journey to makeup and how it relates to our hormones and toxins was really born from my own recognition that I'm somebody who lives a pretty healthy lifestyle. I'm somebody who detoxes regularly, looked around my house, got rid of the cleaning products and the laundry detergent and the stuff in the bathroom and the deodorant was gone years ago, you know? So I had looked around my house I looked around my diet and the last place didn't look actually was my makeup bag. I'd say part of it was conscious actually, because I think as women, and this is a generalization, but I'm just going to say it. I think as women, we don't like to waste our money. We don't like to get rid of things that we invested in. So I have to kind of like out myself here for like an embarrassing story of how I really got into this, but (laughs) I love YouTube makeup videos. I just love them. Me too. (laughs) I love them too. I mean, I know the listeners can't see this, but like I have my eyebrows done right now and I have no other makeup on. I hardly wear makeup at all, but I just find them like really like weirdly comforting and addicting. 
especially like the before and after, it's like, oh my God, her skin's so bad. Wow, look what she looks like afterwards. So I was like watching loads of probably about a year or two years. And I'll also out myself by saying I'm 35. So, you know, I grew up in the 90s. I had all of the Stridex pads and Bonnie Bell lip glosses. And so from the time I was young, I just loved products, like buying products, using products. And, you know, as I got into my 30s, I got on this kick of like, I need an adult makeup kit. I need these holy grail products that like everyone's going to, you know, I'm talking about like all the MAC lipsticks and the Giorgio Mani foundation. And of course it was very much influenced by all of these YouTube videos that I was watching of like, I'm going to upgrade from the drugstore. And I erroneously thought, and I think a lot of women make the same mistake that the more expensive the makeup is, the better it is for you. So I invested quite a lot of money in finding these perfect holy grail products only to realize that I was completely just ignoring the fact that these products were terrible for my hormones. And I'm somebody who has polycystic ovarian syndrome. My hormone axis is very easily thrown off kilter. And something that I didn't really know, and the more that I started researching it was it doesn't take a lot of toxic chemicals in your products to make a difference. And once I learned that, I was like, there's no going back. I have to create this new green makeup kit. I think your normal person would probably just say, okay, I'm just going to start buying natural, but that's not me. So what I did was I was like, if I'm having this issue, there's got to be a lot of women out there having the same issue. So I put together a summit. Amazing. In six weeks, you know, I got a bunch of experts. I was like, I need to learn more about this and I need to share this information with women. So put together a free summit, um, researched loads of products, watched a whole new set of YouTube videos of all different natural products to find those natural Holy Grail products. And actually the listeners who listen to this podcast, we're going to give away for free my starter kit, which is a, it's a free copy of products that I love. I just thought, you know what? I've done the research. I put the work in. I spoke to the experts and that's kind of the distillation of like, if you see it on here, you know, it's good. You know, it's got good ingredients in it because I think part of the issue with finding green products is it's hard to find the ones that really work. You don't want to invest like $20, $30 in something that just doesn't work. And there's a lot of greenwashing in the industry as well. So how do you actually know that those ingredients are good? Yeah, absolutely. So we will definitely share the link to that summit in the show notes. I know women are going to be so excited to dive into that. And so where would you suggest we start when it comes to kind of cleaning up our makeup bag? I know there are probably so many women listening thinking like, there's hundreds of dollars in that makeup bag. Do I have to throw it all out? (laughs) That's, oh my God. And whoever's thinking that girlfriend, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause that's where I was. And I have to be honest, I didn't do it all in one fell swoop. I didn't just throw everything out. You know, I was really systematic with it. And the starter kit that I was talking about, the free one that everybody can pick up. What I've done is I've actually separated it by categories and there's a checkbox for each one. And so what I like to say is, Well, there's a few steps, but if you can use the starter kit, that's a good place to start because it actually tells you the categories that you want to look out for. There's a list of ingredients that you want to watch out for on the list as well. 
And I say, check them off one by one. So what I usually counsel women to do is we want to start off with the worst offenders first. And I see those as one deodorant. I know that that's not makeup, but it's so important that I just like to throw that in there first, especially with the prevalence of breast cancer, hormonal imbalances, and the proximity of the armpits to the breast and the lymph nodes. So I want to make sure that women are using all natural deodorant first before they even touch anything in the makeup bag. And then once we look at the makeup itself, what we're focusing on are one greatest surface area. So I see that as foundations because the foundation is going to cover most of the skin and also concealer as well. So I like to start with them just because the skin is super absorbent. It's the largest organ in our body. Everything that we put on our skin is going into our bloodstream, which can then disrupt our hormones. Bad news for our bodies, bad news for everybody. So I like to start there with the foundation, but I also like to start with lipstick as well. So me, concealer, foundation, and lipstick are the things that I would like to see women throw out ASAP. Lipstick for two reasons. One, because we're eating the lipstick as we put it on our lips. So when I say lipstick, I mean everything for your lips. That's lip pencils, lip glosses, chapsticks. We're eating everything that's on our lips. And also, I didn't know this until I started researching and talking to experts for the summit, but if you live in the U.S., federal regulations allow a certain level of heavy metals in the pigments. So your lipstick, that beautiful bright pink or that Russian red lipstick that you have, they could have arsenic, cadmium, other heavy metals, and that's totally fine. They're allowed to have them. So I would like to start there. And then after that, I think depending on what your budget is and what you can afford, because I know this makeup's expensive, once you're finished, throw it out and replace it with a new one. Or you can, every paycheck or once a month, just pick a category. Do a bronzer next, pick a natural one, throw out the bronzer, do a highlighter the next time you get paid. Do one more lipstick. Identify like, okay, I want these four colors. You know, I want a purple, I want a pink, I want a bright red, I want a coral. And then every paycheck or once a month, it's like a little treat for yourself. They're expensive as you add them up, but if you buy them one by one, it's $20, $30. It's going to last you for at least six to 12 months, depending on how much you use these. So I recommend just going one by one. There's a little checklist on the starter kit so you can actually check them off. And the thing is, you're not going to need to replace everything. I think this is also a good opportunity to go through your makeup bag. I had bought tons of stuff when I was making my toxic makeup bag, my adult one. And when I really looked at it, I was like, you know what? I use four things. I use a highlighter, a bronzer, a little bit of concealer, some lipstick occasionally, and brows are really like, that's like a day-to-day occurrence for me. But everything else, I really didn't need to replace that much. And I think your average woman is probably not using everything in the makeup bag. So this is also an opportunity to become more minimalist as well, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah, I really, really love that. And I know that there's so much lead in lipstick as well. Yeah, Yeah. so it is crazy the amount of heavy metals and that it's allowed, which is so wild to me. If I can just say something that was really surprising to me, you know, with statistics, in the US, we have about 400 banned substances, banned chemicals that aren't allowed to go in our products. If you look to Canada, there are about 800. If you look to Europe, there's 1,600. That's crazy. 
So it's crazy, you know, if you're living in the US, even if you're living in Canada compared to the European standards of what's not allowed in our products. So there are things that are allowed in our products that are federally regulated and totally legitimately allowed to be in there, which you look across the pond that are not allowed to be in the product. So I also like to say, you know, sometimes it's hard to find this information, but a lot of natural companies, especially if they're really doing good work, they all publicly say that they go by European standards. So there were a few companies that I had interviewed for the summit that said, as a rule, they look to European standards. Even though they're US-based companies, they make sure that they're not using the chemicals that are banned in Europe. And you know, I think that's partially for a business perspective too. They want to be able to like sell their products in Europe, but it's also for consumers as well. They want to make sure that they're not putting anything harmful into those products. Which is key. And that extends to even food right? Like even the chemicals that are approved here in Canada or the US within Europe, it's the same thing. They have some pretty strict regulations on like pesticides and herbicides and GMOs. And it's like, why can't we be the same here? It's, it's pretty wild. So, and I wanted to, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, just going off of that, two really important tools that women can use that are really helpful in this arena. One is from the environmental working group. They have something called the skin deep database. Mm -hmm. That's an app as well. And there's also a website and then there's also, it's an app called think dirty. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Right. So I'm sure that you were familiar with that, but the way that you use it is you can either go to the website and you can just type in your product. So I do advise women rather than just listening to me. I mean, if you don't have a lot of time, great. You can go and see products that I've recommended that I've already tested myself, that I've looked up and got recommendations for. But I do advise women to take the time to know what's in their products too. So if you do have some time, look and see what you have in your makeup bag. You can either use the app to scan the barcode in the back. It will tell you what ingredients are in there and also what they're connected to. Are they carcinogenic? Are they endocrine disruptors? You know, do they have environmental toxins? So you can see what's in them and then they'll give you a rating and they'll say whether it could be carcinogenic, but we don't have enough information. So you can start learning ingredients that way. And I think it's really good to be a proactive consumer in that way. And they're free, you know, they're two easy free tools and you can actually use them in the shop too. So even if you go to Whole Foods, it's just like the important thing is not just assuming that's because something say in Trader Joe's or Whole Foods, that that it's even good for you. So we still want to make sure we're doing due diligence even at that level too. And it could be as simple as just scanning the barcode when you're in the shop and seeing, okay, there's four ingredients in here and one of them is a little bit dodgy. So we have to watch out for that one. Yeah, I love that. I think the other thing with all things, and I'm sure that you know this a lot when working with clients and hormonal things, it's like, it's easy to put a blanket statement and say, you know what, we shouldn't do any of this. I mean, our bodies are designed to handle a bit of toxins. And so I think when it comes to your makeup bag, I'm going to take a different approach to somebody who, for example, has breast cancer right now versus someone who's like healthy, not having a lot of hormonal issues getting their period, bright red blood every month, ovulating every month. The woman who's ovulating every month, who doesn't have, say, PCOS, who doesn't have Hashimoto's, who doesn't have chronic fatigue or adrenal fatigue or things like that, I might say, okay, you know what? Why don't we approach this as when you finish this one, replace it with something natural or let's just do the checklist. For someone whose body is already compromised, 
who's fighting off like infections or disease, I think I would be more likely to say we need to get rid of everything and start afresh. I agree. Yeah, I really love that. That's an important that's an important thing to think about because I know that there's a lot of women listening to this who when it comes to their health during many different phases and stages and so that's a really great tip. So, let's dive into beauty care products and maybe you can share some of your favorite brands or products that you really recommend. And of course, in your starter kit, I'm sure you expand on a lot of this, but maybe there's a few brands that you can highlight. Yeah, sure. So I can kind of break it down like from categories. And since I said deodorant was like the first one that I would go for, we can start there. I honestly, again, I'm going to out myself here, even if it means it's a little bit embarrassing. I am a sweaty person. Like I sweat a lot. Right now, it's like 100 degrees in Malta. I like sting. Luckily, you guys can't smell me. You can only (laughs) listen to my voice right now. But deodorant for me was a really hard transition. I hear it a lot from women who are just like, I've tried natural. It doesn't work for me. I still sweat. I still sink. And I have tried so many different natural deodorants. You probably, I mean, a lot of us, I think, have tried different natural deodorants. I mean, like a crystal stick that just never... (laughs) Just never. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sure. I'm sure that people out there love a crystal stick, but I might as well just rub like an actual just crystal on myself or like a rock. It just didn't do anything for me. So I found this deodorant. She was actually on the summit. She's awesome. It's a brand called Cleo and Coco. They use activated charcoal in the deodorant, which is great. Activated charcoal is detoxifying. It draws out impurities but she's has the formulation so perfect that it's not my first question was well it's black like isn't it going to stain everything and it's at the perfect level that it works but it doesn't leave black everywhere awesome it's kind of like a lavender color but anyway i tried it it's awesome i loved the product and to be honest i got so much feedback in the summit from women the feedback i got the most was women emailing me and saying i tried cleo and coco deodorant actually worked for me so Yay. I was like, wow. So it was it was very definitely like a surprise hit from the summit. And she's a small business owner, you know, so I love supporting her business. I have some other brands that I so then when we go kind of shifting focus to like makeup, there were some brands that I loved who were part of the summit. One is called Naked Truth. What I love from them is they do like an all-over stick, which is great for minimalism because you only need the one product to do like some blush. You can use it as a lipstick. All of their formulations are oil-based and they come in recyclable like cardboard tubes. So good for the environment as well. This is another thing. We want to make sure that we're not using a lot of plastics with our products too. And a great, just really cool woman-owned business to support. Another brand that I loved was one called Salty Girl Beauty. They do foundation in a range of shades. Really cool. Two sisters. One of the sisters was diagnosed with breast cancer, and that was really the impetus for them to start the brand. And then I love some of the, you know, green beauty is becoming a huge industry. And so there are some really big players in the market. And the thing about green beauty nowadays, which I do like to share with women a lot is like if you tried green beauty even five years ago, five, eight, ten years ago, and you weren't happy with the results, try it again because the formulations have gotten so much better. There's so much more money behind the brands too, where they have access to 
I guess, better ingredients, better facilities, better testing. But some of the products are super impressive. And not only, I think, are they better than their counterparts with the big brands that we'd all be familiar with, that's Fora, for example, but they can actually impart some goodness to your skin as well. So rather than just taking it away, a lot of these products are designed to give back to the skin as well. So when it comes to big brands, some of my favorite are like more popular ones, like RMS Beauty is pretty popular. I love their Living Luminizer Highlighter. It's something that I wear a lot. It's totally not noticeable, but when you have it on, it just makes your skin glow. I just love it. Like I feel like it makes me look so healthy, just a little bit of a dab around the cheekbones. Like I said, I don't wear a lot of makeup, but that's one of my staples if I want to get a little bit dressed up. That has raw coconut oil base. So not only is it natural and good for you, but it's completely raw too. So I love RMS. I love Vapor, who is also another big brand, really well known. And then for lipsticks, I love lipsticks that are highly pigmented and really bright, especially in the summer. And I find that lipsticks is something that it's hard to do them well. And there's a brand called Kosas. I'm not sure if that's exactly how you pronounce it. It's K-O-S-A-S. And they do beautifully pigmented lipsticks, bright pinks, magenta, deep reds. So you can have those bright, beautiful pigmented lip colors without lead, heavy metal, cadmium, things like that, you know, arsenic. So those are probably my favorite, favorite brands and definitely a really good range of brands to get started if somebody wants to like go and research them. What's awesome is there's places like Credo, which in the US at least they're popping up like shops around and there's detox market and There are places now, especially if you live in a big city, where you can start to try on these products too, which I think as women, that's important for us because it's so subjective to whether you like the feeling of it, you like the look of it on your skin, so many different skin tones, so many different preferences. So I love seeing that there are more natural beauty playgrounds for adult women to go and (laughs) try these things on. Because I think, yeah, it is definitely important and you don't waste so much money when you're actually able to try it on in the store. Absolutely. There's nothing worse than spending like $50 on this lipstick and then you come home and you're like, oh my God, this is terrible on me. And then you never wear it again. And then sometimes you can't return them, right? So that's me with a coral. Anything coral, light pink is just, oh my God, it's so bad. (laughs) Well, at least you know your colors, which is really good. Yeah, I got to try that stuff on. (laughs) Yeah, we have the detox market here. And of course, you can order from them online. I love them. I also love RMS Beauty. Have you tried, I think it's Fit Glow Beauty? No. They have, I think it's Fit Glow. And they're highly pigmented, completely natural, amazing. I love their eyeshadows and their blushes and lipstick. Like everything is really pigmented and it stays on really, really well. And so definitely check them out. So I noticed on your Instagram, you were doing a review of the Uncover Up from RMS Beauty. And I always am like, do I order this? Do I not order this? So I'd love to hear your review on it. Yeah, I loved it. I would definitely splurge. US dollars, I think it's like $22 or something like that. So it's not super, super expensive. They say that it shifts with your skin tone. I don't know if I just chose exactly the right color because I didn't try it on somebody else's skin. So in fact, that, that makes me realize I should probably get like a willing person to just like try it on <laughs> to see if it like 
just a little bit. But the things that I love about it, it's coconut oil based. It's raw. It melts in your finger. It melts into the skin. They say you can use it all over your face as a foundation. I think that would be really heavy. But then again, I'm a person who hates the feeling of foundation all over my face. So same. Yeah. That I just feel like I can't even breathe. Even with natural, it just like my pores are like, ah, like ah, it's too much, you know? Yep. So I use a little bit of the uncover up. It does last for a while. If you have greasy skin, you may have to put a little bit of powder over top of it, I'd say. But for the most part, two thumbs up. I really liked it. And I won't be buying another concealer. Like I'm going to use this as this is my good concealer. I think for me, that was my Holy Grail product. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So I definitely. Your adult makeup product. My adult. Yeah. yeah now I'm like the green. It's the green adult. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> if my early thirties were being like adult and Sephora, like my 35 and beyond is green adult. I love it. So how about we dive into sexual health? Because this is an area from condoms to lubricants. Also, lots of toxic ingredients can be in these products. So maybe you can share some insights into that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought up that topic because I think personal care is sexual health products. I think that a lot of businesses capitalize on the fact that this is a taboo topic and we don't talk a lot about the ingredients and just think about in general sex toys, for example. I think that's a great example for how really bad chemicals can enter into our body and we'll happily plonk down some money because the whole thing, even if you're like an empowered woman who has a vibrator, has a dildo or something like that, a lot of times we're like buying online, kind of just like discreetly. Yeah, exactly. Discreetly and just find like, you know, for the longest time, I have to say in the last few years, there have been some really great female friendly green brands that have popped up and are making like really good products with like, say, medical grade silicones and things like that. But, you know, back in the day, I remember buying vibrators and things like that in my 20s and bought them wherever I don't know they were from China you know it's just like might as well be like a little plastic toy you could buy on eBay that's just like right god knows what was in these products i didn't even think to look it was just like oh, i'm going to buy a vibrator you know you just like buy it like at the spencers or something i don't know if you remember that store like if you guys had that here but that was when I was like a teenager, it was like a novelty shop. I don't even know if they exist anymore, but you could get the kind of jokey stuff you get for like a bachelorette party. Totally. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, we have like the stag shop. Yeah. So it was something like that, you know, as a younger woman, like that's where I got my sex toys from. I wasn't looking to see what the ingredients were. So sex toys is a great place to start, but it also spills over into condoms, lubes, things like that. Women, you know, using cherry flavored lubes or just things that you can get at the drugstore. And not only are these filled with toxic chemicals and things like parabens, you know, preservatives, phthalates, plastic residues, things like that, but they're also completely disruptive to the pH balance of the vagina. So lubes that you have on condoms, spermicides, just lubes that you would use, just personal lubricants, and then also the chemicals and the plastics and things like that that are on the sex toys themselves. So the vaginal canal is completely porous, direct access to our bloodstream. And then also, you know, it's very sensitive in there. We have our 
good bacteria. We have our vaginal microbiome. The vagina likes a very specific pH and things that we use inside can easily disrupt that. And then you find yourself with bacteria vaginosis, yeast infections, even urinary tract infections, things like that. Yeah. I always hear how there's like three places to keep coconut oil in your house. And one is the kitchen for cooking, the bathroom for your skin, and then the bedroom. So (laughs) the bedroom for sex. So coconut oil really is like probably one of the best lubricants you can use. Unless you're using condoms. Yes. Good point. Yeah. So the thing it's like, always like to point out that oil-based lubricants can break down latex condoms. So if you're somebody who's using condoms, you want something that's water-based. I do have a bunch of brands that I love that I've personally tried out and like to, you know, advise people to replace. So when you're looking at like your bedside table or wherever you keep your naughty little things, you want to make sure that you're replacing condoms with brands that are nice and natural. I actually love a brand called Lola. They have a new line of female-friendly condoms that are pH balanced to be healthy for the vagina. So there, it's a woman-owned business. They're super cool. There's also a few brands out there. One of them off the top of my head is called Sir Richards, and they do vegan condoms that don't have lots of chemicals, harsh chemicals. And those ones are a little bit easier like to find in the drugstore. Yes. At a pinch, like I've seen them in like CVS's and Dwayne Reed's and things like that. So Lola is going to be more like you have to buy that online and get them delivered, but that's easy to do too. Lola has also lubes. They do a lube that's, again, pH balance, no nasty chemicals. It's actually aloe vera based, which in a pinch, you can use aloe vera just from a plant. It's true. As a lube. And you know what? I have something I did do before, which is probably a little bit too much work for most people, but there's probably someone listening who's going to try it out. <laughs> totally. You can actually make a, a lube from flax seeds. Interesting. Yeah, you boil them up and they start to give off this kind of like gel, like a gelatinous, like right, which I guess is the casing of the flax seeds. So you boil them. I can't remember. If this is we're going back some time now. I decided to just I'd rather buy my lubes than have to make make lube every single time. But yeah, you can boil flax seeds and it turns into this gel, and then you can just keep that in the fridge. You can actually use it as hair gel too. Yes, that's awesome. Multi-purpose. I don't know if he still uses hair gel, but like whoever needs to use it, you can just boil some flax seeds and make your own lube. Also, there's a brand called Sliquid. It's like liquid with an S on the front and they do some really female hygiene friendly lubes too. Awesome. That's really great. Okay. Some great tips there in brands. So what about women's personal care products and menstrual products? Obviously, Cotton is something that we really want to be conscious of because it's so highly sprayed with pesticides. And there's, I know, reusable pads, there's menstrual cups. I mean, there's so many options. What what do you suggest? Yeah, great. So here, like you pointed out, which is an awesome point. I mean, cotton is so sprayed. It's one of the most highly sprayed thing that we farm, especially in the U.S., sprayed with pesticides. And like we said before, the vagina is super absorbent. So We want to make sure that we're treating it with care and giving it the best quality products. But I think there's also a secondary issue, which is the environment. And we, as women, throw away so many products every single month. I don't remember the statistics off the top of my head, but you can Google it and find out how many pounds of 
menstrual products, the average person throws away in a given lifetime. And it's a lot, you know, it's a lot. Personally, I go with reusable myself. I have a set of Luna pads. Okay. So I told you I'm 35 and I bought these Luna pads when I was in college and I was 21. I invested $65 to buy a five pack of these Luna pads, reusable pads that you snap around your underwear. They're black and they have leopard print on the other side. I thought black because great. They'll never get period stains on them or anything. I have had them since I was 21. Oh my God. And they have shown no signs of dropping. Like, so if you're thinking about investing in reusable and you're kind of balking at the price, like, oh, but you know, I can go to the shop and I can buy my tampons for $4 or I could pay, you know, $75 for the set of five. Clearly worth it. <laughs> I promise you, they will last a long time. The snaps are still intact. So that's the brand that obviously I'm loyal to because I haven't tried any other brands. I've just been using those ones. That is awesome. Yeah, right. So I use them for overnight. I got a range of different sizes from small to pretty large. And they have these cotton inserts that go inside of them. If you need a little bit of an extra, like if you're bleeding pretty heavily, you can kind of put one or two inserts in them. They have like a soft cotton at the end of a cycle. I'll just boil them for about 30 seconds to a minute. And then I stick them right in the wash. If you have a washer, like my washer doesn't have a hot wash that's hot enough to like completely disinfect. So some people will probably get away with not even boiling them, but Cool tip is not everybody's going to be into this, but you can actually take your reusable pads. You know, sometimes when I'm rinsing them out afterwards, I squeeze like the water into a bowl. You can feed your plants with it. The plants love it. So that's awesome. I love it. Completing, completing the cycle, but that might be a little bit too hippie for some people, but I like to do it. But there are definitely hippies listening to this podcast. So <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's so great. I do the reusable pads and then I also use the menstrual cups. I use a menstrual cup as well. And that's kind of my go-to everyday thing. You know, I will use that like throughout the day. Now I do want to dispel a myth here because when I first started using menstrual cups, you hear a lot about like menstrual cups are a great alternative to tampons because you can't get toxic shock syndrome from them. Right. And then I read just within the last like three or four months, like you actually can get toxic shock syndrome. It's, you know, anywhere where we have blood that's sitting for a long time, liquid sitting for a long time, you can have staph bacteria, staph infections that are growing inside of there. So I hear, I just want to say that out loud. So women hear that because I heard a lot of misinformation about you don't have to worry about TSS if you're using menstrual cups. And then I see a lot of women keeping their cups in for 12 hours you know, we'll keep it in until it's ready to be emptied. So I just want to remind women, if you use a menstrual cup or you're switching, make sure you're still dumping it out every three or four hours. We want to, and, and it's actually best if you can disinfect it before you put it back in. I like to just dump it out like two or three times a day. I'll boil some water in the kettle, go to the bathroom, take it out, dump it just in like a mug of water or something. You know, you don't have to boil like a whole pot. It's just like, right. like you're making a cup of tea, just like dunk it in 30 seconds, take it out and then stick it back in again. You don't have to do that throughout the day, but I just think it's best. Like if you're going to change it, like once, if you're home and you can disinfect it, you might as well, because it's going to kill any bacteria. Toxic shock syndrome aside, I love menstrual cup. I use a diva cup. I think that's right. the one that I use. 
I had a real mishap the first time that I tried it. Probably about 10 years ago, I tried it and couldn't get it out, which I think is a... Oh, no. It took a long time. You know, I think that that's something that a lot of women go through. And so I think be prepared that there is a learning curve. But I think in seeing the good with all things, I think take it as an opportunity to learn a little bit more about your anatomy and find out what's going on. I mean, we all have vaginas that are pointing in kind of different directions. Some of us have short ones. Some of us have long ones. Some of us can find our cervix really easily. Some of us really have to squat and bear down and really like get up there to find it. So I just find using a menstrual cup, I'm an advocate for anything that puts us more in touch with our genitals, with our vulva, and gives us more of an opportunity to touch, feel, sense, and see what's going on down there. So I think even for that reason alone, I love recommending a menstrual cup. I love that. And it also allows us to pay more attention to the color of the blood as well, which is really key. Yeah. So I haven't used a menstrual cup yet. All of my friends are using the Diva Cup and are constantly raving about it. So I think you're like now the second or third person that I've interviewed that has mentioned it. So I'm just going to have to give it a try. And I have a feeling, oh my God, am I really going to get this out? So (laughs) I'm just going to have to try it. So you use the cup during the day and then you use the Luna pads at night. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And honestly, sometimes I free bleed. I gotta say, I like free bleeding. If I'm, I work from home and I'm fortunate that I don't have to worry about getting on the bus, getting on the train, going to work, worrying about having like breakthrough bleeding. So I definitely honor my menstrual cycle. And for me, usually days one and two, if I don't have to leave the house, I won't. And I just put a towel there and just put on just a dress, you know, like I'll just have like a nice, like comfy dress and stick a towel between my legs, just like a dark colored, like a hand towel actually. And I'll just put it there and I'm spending a lot of time just in bed reading or working from bed. Like I'll just take the computer into the bed. So when I sleep, sometimes I'm actually sleeping with the towel just between my legs. The reason why I do that is, is not just one to honor my blood, but I don't know if there's a scientific studies that back this up, but I know anecdotally when you have nothing in your vagina and you allow the blood to just come out freely, it can actually lessen your menstrual cramps. And I find that's true for myself too. I'm not sure if it's purely physical, if there's an energetic component to it, if there's a psychological component to it. I just know if I allow day one, which is usually my heaviest day of bleeding, if I allow day one to just bleed freely onto like a towel or something where I'm just like allowing it to be free. I actually feel so much better in my body and I find that my cramps are less. And I notice a difference, say for some reason I have to like run out on day one and I'm just gonna, I use tampons as a backup. Like if I have to just, oh, I gotta pop a tampon up there. My cramps will instantaneously come back. That's wild. And I don't know, it's like my vagina is kind of like, "Ah, no, just plugging me up. Like I want to just, be free. I mean, our menstrual blood every month is an opportunity for our bodies to detoxify and cleanse. But I think that there's an energetic cleansing that's happening as well. So for women out there who have the luxury of having a day one where you don't have a lot to do, I would experiment with free bleeding for a bit. I'm not talking about letting it run all down your legs and going out in public with a big period stain. This isn't necessarily like menstrual activism. This is just 
comfort and just letting your body do what it's naturally supposed to do every month. Yeah, I really love that. And I mean, I do have the luxury of obviously working from home and my periods are quite light. So especially Mm -hmm. like day two, day three, I find like I don't really need to use anything. And I have just a bunch of like shorts that I have that are specific for my period and these dark black shorts that I wear and and that's what I'll wear. And yeah, my period is just there's never ever this crazy mess and it's just so much lighter. I feel so much better, especially when I sleep at night. I'm not using anything. I'm just wearing the shorts. It's always just luckily always worked out. And I feel just so much better for being able to do that. So much more free. What you're saying is just reminding me that like, now I haven't tested these myself, but there's a whole industry that's blossomed around clothes that are period friendly. So like things I'm thinking of specifically track shorts and panties and leotards that are all designed to hold like one to two tampons worth of blood. So, you know, you can use those too. And I think that's probably a great thing. You know, if you're free bleeding on day one, for example, but you're not quite ready to like pull a full me and stick like a towel up there, (laughs) which is not really the most efficient way of doing it. Try some things. So that way you can actually just bleed on that day. You don't have anything inside, not even a tampon or a menstrual cup, but you're also not worried about bleeding everywhere. And you kind of want some semblance of normalcy of just like putting on like a pair of shorts, like you said, or I have a whole set of black underwear for my period week and then just like black shorts, you know? So sometimes, especially when I'm on my lighter with these, I don't use anything. The combination of black underwear with shorts is enough. Absolutely. And sometimes you feel like, oh, actually it feels like maybe I need to like go in and just put one of my light things on. So I'm not, I'm not totally anal about making sure I always have a product on, but then like yourself, I don't have a super, super heavy period. And I know women who are prone to flooding, especially as they move into those like perimenopausal years and unexpected flooding. So you need to make sure that you got the right materials too. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. There is this whole industry of period underwear developing now, which is really cool. So I'm going to have to start doing my research on that. It's a good time to be a woman who bleeds. (laughs) Yes, it's true. You're absolutely right. So I'd love to ask you about the fertility finger test. I saw you share about this over on your Instagram and I guess it's probably up (laughs) on your, your YouTube. Can you share with us what this is? Yeah. (laughs) I had done this interview with a woman who is really awesome. Her name is Susan Bratton and she runs a YouTube channel called Better Lover. And so she had interviewed me. And so I can't take credit for the name. She came up with a name, but I think it's like such a great name. It's like, I described what I was, what the method was. And she was like, that's the fertility finger test. And I was like, yeah, sounds kind of dirty, but it's, you know, (laughs) it's awesome. And it's actually, like I said, with the menstrual cup, you know, I think any opportunity for us to get closer to our bodies, to touch, feel, sense what's going on down there is a really good thing. We're not taught any of this when we're growing up. We're not taught about our anatomy. We're not taught about what's going on in our bodies. And what you find as you kind of dig down into it is that for most women, there's a pattern that's going on every month, month over month. And I say this is true even for, you know, when I talk about fertility finger test or just fertility awareness method or figuring out what's actually going on in your body. This is relevant for women with polycystic ovarian syndrome as well. This is relevant for women who go months without a period because 
it's there's there's a basic blueprint for what we're looking for when it comes to hormonal balance throughout the month and fertility. And if you're somebody who's not getting a period for a few months, for example, it's helpful to know what the blueprint is so you can see where your body's at. Because even with PCOS, you're still somewhere within that range. Are you kind of stuck in this more follicular phase, almost a more driving masculine energy where the body is like trying to ovulate, but it's not quite getting there? And what, you know, if you're in, stuck in that spot, it's still important to check every day to see what's going on. So let me back up first and say what sure. we should actually do. Fertility finger test is really simple. You do it every morning or every other morning. When you wake up in the morning, you go to the bathroom, wipe yourself, you know, when you pee, wipe yourself, look at the toilet paper. That's the first thing that I do. That's the first sensation, that sensory awareness of like, what do I see on my toilet paper? Okay, I just see, you know, some yellow pee. That's fine. Then one day you may look and you say, oh, look, there's like this clear stuff that's also on the toilet paper. Okay, cool. We have some information. Now, if if you're not sexually aroused or you haven't just had an orgasm or you haven't just had sex or masturbated because sexual arousal fluid and fertile fluid can look pretty similar. Right. So if you know that you weren't just like getting off or you didn't just wake up from like a really sexy dream or something like that, <laughs> the odds are that's probably fertile mucus. So I like to just look at the toilet paper first and look inside of your underwear too, because you'll find, you know, some days you might have like a little, looks like a little white, some chalk, like someone drew a chalk, like in the crotch of your panties. Some days you might find like a circular patch. And that's usually like, I mean, the body is just amazing. Like when you see the circular patch, that's usually a good indication that you're fertile or you're headed towards your ovulatory phase because the water content is really high. So instead of making like a smear, it will make more like a circle. So you'll see this kind of like wet circular patch. So we're just using our senses to see like what's happening, what's changing and how do I see the difference day over day? So I usually look toilet paper. Then I look crotch of my underwear or shorts or something, whatever I was like sleeping with and just see like what's going on. And I like to say at this point, this is all completely normal. A lot of women are really like squigged out about vaginal discharge. Like we're not supposed to, we are self-cleaning mechanisms. We should be seeing things on our underwear and in our pants. Where you start to get concerned is if there's a foul smell with it. If you're seeing discharge that's say like chunky or looks like cottage cheese or looks really different from what you're used to, that's the time, you know, to go to your gynecologist. But if you're seeing something that's in the range of white and almost kind of crumbly, almost like if you had glue and you dried on your finger and if you like rubbed your fingers together, it would kind of get those little balls. Right. That's completely normal. That's what we expect to see during the first part of our menstrual cycle. So after you bleed, but before you ovulate it, you're probably going to see something that's pretty dry. This is where the finger comes in. So after you've looked in your underwear, you looked on the piece of toilet paper, you're going to take a finger, whatever one, lady's choice, stick it inside and just go up a little bit until you feel your cervix. Now for some people, they probably never felt their cervix. They don't even know what that is. It feels like the tip of your nose. So you're looking for a little protrusion that's inside of the vaginal canal. And if you can't feel it, like if you feel up and you really can't get to it, 
that might be a good indication. One, either that you have a very long vagina or that you're ovulating because the position of the cervix moves throughout the month. And when you're ovulating, it rides pretty high in the vagina. And I know myself, you know, when I'm at the point of ovulation, I can hardly feel my cervix. It's so high up. So it kind of pulls up in the vaginal canal. And then as you get closer to menstruation, it starts to ride lower. And when I was, so I'm somebody who has PCOS, I'm in remission. I have been for years. I get a regular period every single month. But when I would go for months without having a period, I was actually using my cervical position sometimes to interpret whether a period was coming on. So I would see, you know, I'd feel that it was starting to ride a lot lower in my body. And that would kind of alert me to, okay, look around at the other symptoms. Am I feeling a little bit more emotional? Okay. Are my breasts tender? Hey, I might get a period soon. Right. Because when you have PCOS, you often don't have an indication. I can't go by the calendar and say, okay, every four weeks, I'm going to get my period. So, you know, we can use these techniques, even with irregular periods as well, to just kind of see cervical positioning. I like to do a little swipe around. If you can get to your cervix, do a little swipe around the cervix, pull the finger out. And again, sensory information, what's on your finger? What color is it? What's the texture? When you rub your fingers together, is it slippery and slidey and viscous? When you separate your fingers, does it kind of like stick together and make like a string. If you see something that's clear and kind of blobby, kind of thick, and is just like stringy when you like separate your fingers, that's fertile fluid. So that's great information. It's not a confirmation. You can't use this by itself to say I definitely ovulated. And women with PCOS, you may find that you get several periods over, say you don't get your period for three months or four months or even longer. You may find that during that period without a period, you may get several batches of fertile fluid, but no confirmed ovulation and no period afterwards, in which case it's still great information because it shows that the body, it's almost like pushing a boulder up a hill and it's trying several times and then it'll come back again. And you'll probably go back to having like a dry cervical fluid or there's a phase in the middle, which is kind of like a lotion. It feels like a lotion you would put on your body. Like it's creamy it's opaque. It can be like white or it may even be tinged with like a little bit of yellow. So that's totally normal if you see that too. And women with PCOS might see this several times over the month, in which case that's a great time to work with your gynecologist or a holistic practitioner and say, you'll have the empowerment to say, look, it feels like I can see my body's trying to ovulate. Versus someone with PCOS who over a period of time doesn't see any of that clear fertile fluid, just sees kind of like maybe a dryness, a white patchy, almost like glue-like, in which case the body hasn't been trying to ovulate during that phase. And I think the paths to healing might be a little bit different at that point when you work with a practitioner who can say, okay, great information. Look, your body is trying to ovulate multiple times over this period. Maybe these are the herbal remedies that we need to work with, or maybe this is something we need to shift in your diet versus someone whose body just is simply not trying to ovulate, in which case you may say, okay, well, it looks like there's a disconnect between your pituitary gland and your ovaries, for example. Wow. That was so good. As you're talking, I'm thinking like, I have got to call this episode 
everything cervical mucus. That was so good (laughs) because I think it's so empowering and important for women to really tune in and to really understand that aspect of their body really on a deep level because that's what makes us a woman. And it isn't just about fertility in terms of having babies, but being fertile, it's about having healthy hormones overall, you know, baby or no baby. So thank you for that message. No problem. The fertility doesn't even need to be a part of it. It's just like the finger test, you know, because whether you're trying to have a baby or not, that's irrelevant. I mean, what's important is because once you dig down this rabbit hole and you start learning more about how the hormones move and flow and dance throughout the month and how you can align yourself with those I use it really as it's almost like a productivity tool. I'm not trying to get pregnant, but I check every morning to see, hey, where are my strengths aligned? Right. Okay. You know, I'm starting to see this cervical, even now with like PMS and remission, I don't get a 28 day cycle. Sometimes it's a little bit longer. Sometimes it's a little bit shorter. So I'm still using it one to kind of have a good idea of when my period's going to arrive but also see when I'm in that really sweet spot of ovulation because ovulation as a woman is a beautiful time to be in, in general. And there's a lot of science to back this up too. I'm not just, this isn't anecdotal, but it's a time when we feel better about ourselves. We're more magnetic. We have greater access to our words. You know, our verbal acuity is much better. There is more of a connection between both parts of the hemisphere this is a perfect time to be more persuasive. So in all aspects of your life, it's like ovulation is the best time to like have a heart to heart with your partner. It's the best time to like go out dancing with your girlfriends, to ask for a raise for your boss. There are so many aligned activities that you could do during this time of the month. So even checking for that very reason, you see that like fertile fluid, which is like clear, stretchy, kind of thick. Maybe it's leaving like a circle of wetness on your underpants rather than a smear. If you see this, it's time to do some like really cool things in the next like three or four days, because it's a perfect window of time. It is. So yeah. So it's not about just like whether you're fertile or not. It's like, are you rising to your fullest potential? Are you using this beautiful blueprint every month of what it is to be a woman? And everything that I do, I think in my ethos behind teaching this is about empowering women that like menstruation and the hormonal cycle is not a curse. It's a blessing. Absolutely. It's a blessing to have these beautiful hormonal shifts every month that you can ride and say, okay, you know, even PMS can have a gift to it. I think, especially if you approach it with the right mentality. Absolutely. And I know when I'm ovulating, I literally feel like such a rock star. I'm always like, I wish this could last like all month. It's just, it's just crazy. The hormonal shifts that are happening and how in alignment and flow that I really feel when I'm close to ovulation and and ovulating. Well, thank you so much for that incredible information and all of your insights and knowledge. Where can people find you? I know you're hanging out on Instagram and Facebook and share your links with us. Yeah, sure. So they can find just the main website is the cmsh.org. So that's for the Center for Menstrual and Sexual Health. 
And that's where they can find links to like my hormone quiz. It's called the hormonal archetype. You plug in your symptoms and then it tells you which archetype you're more likely to be. And then give some good actionable things that you can do right away. So a few steps that you can help to like heal, you know, whether you're high estrogen, low estrogen, low progesterone, things like that. So they can go there, but where I'm the most active is on YouTube at Girl Meets Body. There are tons of videos, some beauty recommendations, lots of hormonal stuff, lots of things about PMS and vaginal discharge and fertility finger tests and things like that. So a really good place to dig in. And then also an Instagram at Girl Meets Body as well. So that's where I'm the most active. On Facebook, I'm not really that active, but Instagram and YouTube are probably the best places to find me. Wonderful. And then of course, you've got the Green Makeup Bag Summit. Yeah, yeah. So people can grab, we'll put the links, I'm sure, wherever the podcast is and people can grab the starter kit and that's completely free. And then if they want to, they can purchase the summit. It's finished now, but there are still 30 interviews up there. I've even had women who have purchased it, you know, because they're estheticians, they're massage therapists. So I made sure that I covered like all angles. It's not just about beauty. And even if you're a woman who never wears makeup, it's still relevant because I mean, we got into like genetic morphisms and MTHFR and detoxification pathways. So, and the gut microbiome. So this is not like, it goes way beyond just like makeup. It's a whole holistic system about how your body processes toxins from some really great experts. So people can check that out too, if it speaks to them. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here, for sharing all this amazing information. I know this is going to be an episode where women are going to re-listen and re-listen and re-listen. So thank you (laughs) so much. I really appreciate it. And thanks for being here. It has been great to be here. Thank you so much, Samantha. No problem. Chat with you soon. Well, that was a juicy conversation, no pun intended, being that we dove into all things cervical mucus. I really hope you ladies enjoyed it and that you learned a lot. Head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 25 so you can grab all of the show notes from today and connect with Nicole. We've got her URL over there to her YouTube channel so you can see what she does over on her web series, Girl Meets Body, and to follow her on Instagram at Girl Meets Body. She posts amazing content. I know you guys are going to absolutely love it. And if you've got more questions about cervical mucus and your cycle, Come find me over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. Connect with Nicole on Instagram. There are so many ways to get support, get answers, and really start to move forward in optimizing your cycle and your hormonal health. So thanks everybody so much for tuning in today. Head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash podcast to connect to today's podcast as well as all past episodes. If there's anything that you missed, it is all there over on the website. And leave us a rating and review. I would love it so, so much. We've been hearing from so many women who've been finding the show and they are finding us because of you guys, because you're sharing it. And I really, really appreciate it. It means so, so much being able to come on here every week 
share this information with you, deep insights, educate you. We all learn and we all grow and we are not in this alone. So thank you everybody for your support. And if you haven't left a rating or review, that would be awesome. All right. So head on over to Instagram. You know, I'm heading out to Italy, hosting all kinds of fun stuff starting tomorrow. It is the month of all things Italy and pizza and gelato. (laughs) So come find me. Thanks everybody for tuning in today. I'll chat with you guys next week.